The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Amen. Now, I know Sunday is a holiday weekend. It's, a, it's, a, it's really a four-day weekend, and I understand that. And so I know a lot of you will be gone. It's your last escape until Thanksgiving. Or your last escape until October sometime to a family reunion. But at the same time, if, you, if you're going to be out of town, I, it's all right. Please be safe. And understand that we're going to carry on the business of the king here while you're gone. And we hope that several new families meet you at the door when you come home. And I, 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 I just believe with all my heart that we are in the last four months of this, of this year is going to be incredible. I believe that with all my heart. And I, I thank God for a church that I can come to and stand in front of and declare that kind of stuff and declare those kind of things. And you understand that it is a word fitly spoken. And you receive it in your heart. It's not like I'm trying to convince anybody. You are already convinced that you are a child of the king. Amen. And that's a great thing to know. Now, we're going to talk a little bit tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to minister in a little while, but I want to talk a little tonight. It would be very... Uh, very indiscriminate of me if I did not talk about what we need to talk about. Hurricane Harvey came and uh, and it uh, he made a noise and he uh, affected us even on Sunday. We had one service on Sunday and you that showed up and you that could get out we thank you for being here and I'm sure some of you could not even get out of your neighborhood because there was like 327 blockages and that, that increased by Sunday night to 500. It was just an amazing, amazing weekend for us. But it wasn't quite as, as tough as what they went through in Houston, Texas, and, and down in Rockport, and, uh, and down in Corpus, and uh, those places, Victoria. It's just, uh, it's, a it's tough times. Uh, I read a book one time by a man named Robert Shuler that said, tough times don't last, but tough people do. And, uh, and, and I believe that God's got some tough people. And I'm, I know there's some, you know, you know I, what I love about Texas? We have this resilience in Texas. Texas is just, and I know people make fun of us, but they wish they all could be Texans. <laughs> Texas just has that, mm, mm, mm. Mother used to call it gumption, grit, determination. I will get up. <laughs> kind of like that old farmer that took his kids to the to the cellar and a big old tornado came through one day up in West Texas and when they came out of that cellar the house was just destroyed. Not one stick laid upon another stick. The foundation was all that was left. And they stood there and he said, well kids, it looks like we're going to have to move to the city. And all of a sudden a rooster, a rooster, crawled up through the boards of that house didn't have a feather left on it naked as he could be and stood on that top board and started crowing like a rooster ought to crow and when that rooster started crowing that father gathered his kids up in his arms on the steps of that cellar and said if that rooster can crow without any feathers on it we can build back again and make a better farm than what we ever made and I think that is the spirit of Texas. 
and then you add Jesus with that equation, man, you've got something on your hands. You know, I think the devil hangs around New Mexico and places like that. And Oklahoma and places like that because I don't think he wants to mess with a Texan full of the Spirit. I'm just telling you right now. Oh, I'm talking. I'm bragging right now, but I, I, just, I just love Texas. I love Texas. I love the, I love the teams of people. I love the, the people that have, have gone into these cities and helped rescue. I love the rescuers. I love these people. And I've got, I've got friends that, that drove their boats for the last three days getting old people out of old folks' homes and nursing homes and, and rescuing people off of roofs and, and putting people on their back. You know what? You know what I've noticed? There's not a lot of people talking about hate down here in Texas, are there? I kind of like that. I kind of like the fact that Texas has kind of stood up and said, you know what? We're all brothers and we're all sisters. And that's what matters and that's what counts. I think that needs a hand clap. Now, you know this church is going to be involved. Now, uh, we, we cannot, we cannot, we could not get into Houston uh, for the last several days because it was just difficult. 45, I think, may just now be coming up from out, out of the water, Interstate 45. And so to get there would be just an almost impossible task. But uh, we have some people that are, that are actually being hired to go by the Red Cross to work on the cleanup of Houston and to work in that arena. But we want to be a part of that also. We want to be a part of that. So I've got something. If you guys will help me, uh, ushers, can, can I get an usher to grab a pile of these and just get these and pass them out? I want y'all to get these little. I didn't want to give them to you while praise and worship was going on because y'all would be saying, at the cross, at the cross. So we're going to, I want those to be passed out, and we're going to talk about this a little bit because I think it's important. You say, well, Pastor, we came to hear a sermon on Wednesday night. Well, you, you'll hear a word in a minute, but this is important. This is important. This is, what, this is what we do when our brothers and sisters are in need. This is what we do. We respond, and we have already responded, and we have, I hate, I, I, I hate to tell some of you people that are tight and that are stingy, We've already committed $25,000 of our, of our church, $25,000 of our church. And uh, I don't know what's come in online. I don't know. I know that we have put things up on Instagram and on Facebook and also on our web page about our church. And if you want to give, we're going to give you a chance after a while to give to a cause. This is, y'all got some upstairs? Yeah, they're, y'all getting them. Y'all go, go ahead and pass them out. Go ahead and pass them out. <clears throat> Uh, Hurricane Harvey Relief, we have, we have brought three things. It was on the screen out in the foyer, but we have brought three things that I think that we could help with. And I want to review them with you and kind of go over them now. I'm just going to be reading a lot of this. But the first, the first thing we could do is give financially. Um, and and I, I have talked to pastors and I have visited with pastors on the phone and uh, asked them what would they prefer. And they said, if you could just help us financially, trust us with our stewardship we'd be glad to receive from you and so we're going to, we're going to do that, that that's where the, that's the $25,000 and I'm going to share that with you in just a moment but the primary need the first one is give financial the primary need vocalized to us from every local church pastor right now has been monetary in nature our ability to drive trucks to many of these locations is literally impossible with parts of I-45 completely closed down 
As we are able to wire money to them, they are able to use that money to purchase the basic supplies for people who are displaced. There are a couple of ways that you can give. You can text your donation amount to flood. Example, 100 flood, like $100 flood, or $200 or $50 flood, and to 512-271-2773. To Thankfully, we are already going to send resources on your behalf through your past giving. We will make absolutely sure that what you give will be dedicated, and I'll, uh, Casey didn't put it in there, but 100%, and devoted. There will be no handling fee, and devoted to helping families in crisis dealing with the flood. So that's a, that's a great way to help. Help us, help us financially with that. We'd appreciate it so much. In fact, if I could just stop right now in between this, I want to kind of show you some pictures of things that we're dealing with. And here's some folks. Here's some pictures. This is, a, this is a young man. This is a young man that was with us for nine years. He was my first uh, paid assistant a long time ago. He's in Lumberton, Texas. He's to, he took a church that was struggling. He's already built a new building, built an educational building. He's doing phenomenal, but there you see that they are underwater. Next picture, please. Uh, that's that's uh, houses in his neighborhood, so his house is like that. So the next next picture, please. This is the Parkway Live Church in Lumberton, Texas. You can see water is three and four feet in that auditorium in the sanctuary, and so they're going to they're going to need to yes. Uh, we hope they have insurance. I, I don't know how all that works, but I know you have to purchase flood insurance separately. I think that's right. So I hope they did. That's their church right there. That's, Life, that's Parkway Life Church. Next picture, please. This is also Houston, Texas. This is what Houston looks like. And this was just taken just uh, today. I mean, it, it still it looks this way. So Houston is still under the weather. Next picture, please. This is Life Church in Houston, Texas. This young man has been a friend of mine for a long, long time. Pastors a wonderful church, non-denominational church right there in Houston, Texas, called Life Church, and you can see you can see the lights shining off the floor. That's water, that's water. Okay, that's water. So the church is, it's a beautiful church. I was privileged to speak in this church when they first built it. I was one of the ministers that got to speak in this church, and I was highly honored. And to see this is just blowing my mind. This is the church that has the orphanage in the Philippines that our church sponsors. It's named after a, a, a mother of this church, the pastor's wife that, that was pastor of this church for a long time. Her name was Ima, and, and we, we are sponsoring and helping that, that uh, orphanage in the Philippines because of these people and our love for them. Do I have another picture? Do I have another picture? Is that it, Matt? Is there another one? Is that all? Okay, okay. So what we have done, we have stepped out, and we have... We have said we're going to honor some churches that we know and that we we understand who they are and we understand and know the pastors and so we have we have labeled as grace church as being one where my wife's brother's pastor we're going to reach out with grace we're going to we're going to touch the church life church we're going to bless them there's also a church in south uh kind of kind of the eastern side southeast side of, of houston called royal wood we're going to reach out and and help them. The pastor's home at Royalwood had nine feet of water in the home. In the home. And uh, this is the second time Rita got them a long time ago. And so we're going to help them. And then there is a there is a foster home there that holds kids that every one of you would want to take home with you. 
and uh, we're going to help that foster home. We know the people there, the participants that own that, that building and that place, and we're going to help those kids to find shelter and to find help and to find clothes. Amen? We're going to help them. And then, of course, Pastor Nate, who was with us nine years in Lumberton, Texas at Parkway Life, we're going to help them. And so that's where the emergency fund that we had, we've had we have emergency funds. We have a little Dave Ramsey spirit in this church. We have emergency funds that we want to help people. And so that 25000 is emergency funds. There is nothing being collected to make that happen. It's just happening because we want to help these people. Amen? So would you clap your hands for your church on that? That's good. That's good. The second thing, the second thing is, is that don't, we can donate items. We can donate items. You may drop off below items at the church during office hours. Office hours are Monday 10 to 2, Tuesday through Thursday 9 to 4, and Friday 10 to 2. So if you want, if you have some, here's what we need. We need new undergarments, not used ones. All sizes, children and adults. New socks, not those with holes in the toes. All sizes, children and adults. Toiletries, such as shampoo, face wash, soap, toothpaste, toothbrushes. It, 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 this, is, this is sad, folks. The more I read, the sadder I get. New bed pillows, new blankets, cleanup supplies, black trash bags, mops and buckets, utility knives. So if somebody gets mad at one another, they can have it out. I don't know. <laughs> Leather work gloves, inflatable mattresses, hand sanitizers, box fans, and anything else you can think of. But we need new stuff. So if you, could, if you don't want to donate monetarily, and I'd like to say that one of the sweet sisters of this church came in and handed me a check before service said, wherever this needs to go, Sister Mary, that's going to this fund right here. It's going to go to this fund. Thank you for that donation tonight before church. So that's the second thing you can do. You can donate items. We'll have people here tomorrow, and we're going to sort this out. And uh, we have a man in our church that has a nice 20-foot trailer that's covered be able to take these supplies to these folks in just a few days when we get them all together. Everybody say amen to that. And then number three, I think this will excite many people. You sign up for our emergency relief serve team. Amen. As soon as the storm ends, the rescue segment will end and the disaster cleanup effort will begin. So after everybody's saved, and I think we need to we need to pray for the for the families of the 22 victims that have passed. I think we need to pray for them. We'll be partnering with our network churches in providing volunteer assistance. If you'd like to be included in the communication for possible volunteer-based projects in Houston and also in Beaumont, please sign up at the information desk. We'll be going to Houston area Monday, September 11, and Tuesday, September 12. We're going to spend the night there. So we'll put you up in a nice place. We'll have a nice place. I think Pastor Nate's got a gym that's air-conditioned. We'll sleep there, all right? No, I'm teasing We'll take, we'll take care of you. Your church will take care of you. And that's going to be Monday and Tuesday of next week. Not, not Labor Day weekend, but the next week, okay? All right, so put that on your schedule. Put that on your calendar. If you want to do that, sign up at the desk tonight. Does anybody have any questions? Well, good. That's wonderful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'd like to also say something about Austin Disaster Relief. Uh, our church has partnered with Austin Disaster Relief. And they are doing a wonderful job over here in Burger Center right now. And I'd like to give a shout out to Tim and Darla Kaufman, who are members of Austin Disaster and are leaders in that, in that group. And Darla's in the house tonight. They're 
is working feverishly. Appreciate that so very much. And, and also Pastor Kelly Howard, uh, has he made it in yet? He he is one of the he's one of the leaders. They have they have dubbed him and put a stripe on him and made him a leader. And I love that. I love that because Kelly Howard is the kind of person that once he gets into your life, you've got somebody there that will just be as loyal and faithful as a person can be. And so that's where the Howards are tonight. They're working with the ADRN people. Now, I don't know if we had a lot of problems here in Austin. We did not receive calls, but if you had some issues, we're going to take care of our church first. Don't you think that's the right thing to do? We're going to take care of our church first. So... If you, had, if you had some issues, if you got flooded, I was very happy to hear that Onion Creek did not flood. That's awesome. Did not flood because when Onion Creek, when Onion Creek peaks, it's just pretty, it's pretty nasty. It really is. But somehow they kept it. I'll tell you one of the secrets is that it didn't rain much out west. It didn't rain much. Uh, Some place just got a half inch of rain and that's just kind of like a sprinkling, like a quarter <laughs> to a million dollars. It just didn't, it just didn't do a lot and it has to rain there to come this way. And so it didn't, so we thank God. I want to thank God that Austin was spared from the torrential downpour that other cities had. And I don't make, that don't make us better. We just need to thank God. We need to thank God, come on, that God took care of us. Amen? Amen. We have had our tornadoes and we've had our situations and people have responded to us. When Rita struck in Houston several years ago, this orphanage, this place that I talked about, these foster kids, we put them up over here for five nights in our gym. And so we still have those kids in our lives and our hearts, and we love those kids, and we love the people that run that place, and they escaped to Austin, and so we're going to help them. So I thank you. If you want to help us, if you want to help us, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. But the Lord bless you real good. Aren't you glad you're in a place? that loves people enough that when hurt comes, we're here to help heal. Amen? Amen. We care. We care. We care. Now, knowing that I was going to speak, Reed, have I covered everything I need to cover, son? Have I covered it? All right. Octavius, we're so happy you're home tonight, buddy. Come up here. Come up here, son. Come up here. Come up here. I'm proud of you. A daddy, one, two, three times. I'm proud of you, son. He's a brand new pop. A brand new dad. I love this guy. I dwarf him, don't I? I make him look small, don't I? Tom Cook said, Pastor, you're on a step above him and still two inches shorter than him. Thanks, Tom, for that kind compliment. I love you, son. Baby doing good? Yes. I love you, buddy. Let's give him a great hand, his sweet wife. I don't need you to stand. Yes, I do. I need you to stand one more time. I'm just going to, I'm going to speak about 15 minutes tonight. Seriously, I'm not going to, I'm not going to preach what you call a preach sermon. But on Sunday, we're going to, we're going to have church around here. We're going to have church. And uh, are you that are in town, I'll say it. And I've said it for 27 years. Just simply mind over mattress. Get up. Get up and come on to the house of the Lord. Because we're going to have church here on Sunday. Amen. We're going to have church here on Sunday. Then Sunday week is baptism Sunday. We're going to have a great time on that Sunday. And many people are saying, Pastor, I want to be in the water when you baptize people on uh, the 10th of September. So we're going to do that Sunday week. Folks, September is here Friday. Somebody's happy. 
Somebody had a tough August. <laughs> Amen. I want to I speak just a little while, just kind of talk and just give you something to chew on to take home tonight. I want to talk to you about spirits make men. Spirits make men. Everybody say spirits Spirit. make men. There's a scripture in 2 Kings chapter 3. Jehoshaphat was the king of Israel. And he said, is there not here a prophet of the Lord? Pardon me, the pro- he's, a, he's a king of Judah. That we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the kings of Israel's servants answered and said, he's a little smart aleck, here is Elisha, the son of Shaphath, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. That didn't sound like a compliment. That sounded like a pretty bad insult. Poured hands, poured water on the hands of Elijah. Proverbs 16, 32 in the King James said, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that rules his spirit than he that takes a city. In the NIV, it's better to be a patient person than a warrior. One with self-control than one who takes a city. Proverbs 25 and 28 says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. Spirits make men. Turn to somebody and say, I want a spirit like Christ. Say it. You may be seated. You may be seated. A committee of, of ministers in a certain city was discussing the possibility, I'm not going to be but about 8.30, 8.32, and I'll be through. So don't judge me tonight if this is your first time to hear me preach. This will be the best I'll ever do. Amen. <laughs> Discussing the possibility of having D.L. Moody to serve as the evangelist during a citywide evangelistic campaign. And finally, one young minister who did not want to invite Moody stood up and said, Why Moody? Why him? Then he said, Does he have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit? There was silence. Then an old godly minister spoke up and said, no, he doesn't have a monopoly on the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit has a monopoly on Dwight L. Moody. Does the Holy Spirit have a monopoly on your life? Are you living under the Spirit of God? Or are you living by the laws and the rules of man? What makes men? What makes women? It's not talent. Not personalities, it's not education, but spirits make men and women in the kingdom of God. The thing that qualifies you or disqualifies you is the right attitude, the right spirit. Where is the spirit of him? The little servant of the king of Israel said, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. A drought was in the land of Israel at the time of my text in 2 Kings chapter 3, and Israel was thirsting. They got in this place and their tongues were swollen, their lips were cracked. And King Ahab said, we're going to die in this wilderness. But Jehoshaphat, who still had a little spark of faith in his spirit, said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here so that we can ask for a word? And a servant with sarcasm said, there is this so-called preacher by the name of Elisha, who I think all he's ever done is pour water on the hands of Elijah. Little did that servant know that he was paying Elisha one of the greatest compliments ever given to a man in the word of God. 
what he meant for a put down really revealed the greatest secret to being used in this kingdom of God. It was the spirit of servitude that qualified Elisha. And when you think about Elisha, he did twice the miracles as did Elijah. He was a man that parted the Jordan River. He was a man whose prayer life was so powerful that an axe head swam in a river one day. He told Naaman the leopard to go and dip seven times in the river Jordan. And when he came up the seventh time, he was healed. He stretched himself over the Shunammite's son and the boy sneezed seven times and came back to life. But if you trace all of those miracles back to their seat of origin and the supernatural things to the fountainhead, the text I read was a benchmark. It did not start with parting rivers. It did not start with cleansing lepers. It did not start with raising the dead. It did not start by making an iron axe head swim. It started with a spirit that was willing to be a servant and pour water on the hands of the prophet. Because it's the spirit that makes men. Not talent, not ingenuity, but the right spirit. Say amen to that. Paul had incredible writings. Paul the apostle had incredible writings. He wrote in A.D. 59, he said this, I'm the least of the apostles. Five years later, he wrote to the Ephesians, I'm the least of the saints. And one year later, he wrote to Timothy, I feel, son, that I am the chief of sinners. The longer Paul worked with God, the more he served and loved the Lord. And the smaller he became to himself. And the greater he let God be in his life. From the least of the apostles to the least of the saints to the chief of sinners. What a spirit. Most people when they start out have a sense of uselessness. But as they stay around a while they graduate from that to the least of saints. And then the least of the apostles. And then they just keep getting greater and greater until all of a sudden they're just so great that nobody can hardly talk to them. But as Paul walked with God, the smaller, hmm, I love this, and the pure his spirit got because spirits make men. I've always said this, I've always said this, that when I see a hero And then I see a spirit of a hero. A hero does not last a hero to me if his spirit is not a hero's spirit. If a hero thinks he is God, then I tell him there's two things that I know. There is a God and you're not him. But if a hero is humble, there's nothing greater than being around people that have excelled in life and have a spirit of humility in their life. I want to tell this congregation If I can, if you'll receive it. I pastor a group of people that walk in this church every Sunday and every Wednesday and every time we have something special and nobody walks in this house thinking they are Lord of or Lord over. But you walk in here saying, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I am amazed. I am amazed at the people that come preach at this church 
and compliment this congregation. And I know it won't go to your head. It'll go to your heart. But compliment them and say, I've never preached to a better spirited church. To a better church that loves the word of God and receives it with everything they have. Can I tell you, you can't receive a better compliment than that. You can't receive a better word from a man of God than that. It's not how great we sing. It's not how great we have church. But that somebody in this house has a spirit that is awesome and wonderful and has a heart of servitude. Wow. The light in the tabernacle in the Old Testament came from crushing olives. And the oil flows out and it lights the candlesticks. Something had to be crushed to provide light in God's house. And before God can use any of us, the wrong spirit and attitude has to be crushed out of us so that the light will shine from the pure olive oil. God's greatness does not start with big things, big church, big arenas, but it starts with the right spirit because spirits make men. I was passing in Dallas several years ago, and I'll tell this story, and I don't mean to hurt anybody. But I was passionate in Dallas and we were trying, we were struggling. We had about 150 people. And we had taken that church from 15 to about 150. But I, I just knew God had a breakthrough for us. And I had a man that I thought would be such a great help to me. And when he came in, he did not put any effort into that church. And after the service, I said, are you sick? He said, no, I'm not sick at all. I just can't preach to that small of a crowd. He said, I need more people. And something inside of me said, son, if you ever get that spirit, that's all you're going to have is 150 people. You know what? I would invite that man to come and preach for us now, but he's never run over 150 people. Because what you're afraid of preaching down to might be all you ever exist for. And I thank God because I love to preach to people when there was 10 in the room. But I sure like to preach to people when there's more than 10. And I want to tell this congregation that God Almighty is just getting started with us in this place. I remember when Jesus in John 6 fed the 5,000. The Bible said he took the bread of the lad and he blessed it. He blessed it. But he did not feed the congregation until he broke it. He had to break it. Before you'll ever be a something that somebody will want to be a part of. It's more than just blessed preaching. It has to be broken preaching. It's more than just blessed congregation. It has to be a broken congregation. And I want to tell you, it don't matter what God does to break you down. Let him break you because when he gets through breaking you, you're going to be blessing people all over this city. You're going to be blessing people everywhere because spirits make men. Well, give me 834, okay, 834. (laughs) Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He poured the water out. He represented the poured out life. Wow. He showed us that the only life to live worth living is a poured out life. He girded himself with a towel. He could have girded himself with legion of angels, symbol of authority. He could have girded himself with a sword, the symbol of power. But it was a towel, the symbol 
of a servant. And he poured out water because he was modeling spirits make men. And when he got to Peter, Peter said, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. He said, I'm not, Pete. I'm not. He said, well, Peter, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part with me. And Pete said, well, Lord, while you're at it, take my hands and my head too. <laughs> because I want to have a part of the kingdom of God. The Bible said, let this spirit be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Who made of himself no reputation. But thought it, himself, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Because I'm telling you that Jesus Christ came to show us the way of servant living. And we ought to understand that, folks, by now. If you've been in the church any time at all, you've got to understand that the less I am, the more he is. And the less I am, the greater he becomes. That's why John, the man that introduced him, said, I must decrease and he must increase. Boy, I'm getting anointed preaching this gospel to you tonight. I'm telling you, folks, it's a wonderful thing to have a spirit of servitude. David was a man after God's own heart. The only difference between him and Saul was a difference in spirit. Look at the raw material. Saul was tall, very good looking. David was a ruddy young man. Saul looked better, had a pedigree, had money, had power, had education from a, from a great tribe. But David had the right spirit because spirits make men. So Elijah comes down off the mountain, 40 days of fasting and prayer, and he anoints Haziel, king of Syria. He anoints Jehu, king of Israel. And then he anoints Elisha. He sees this young man, Elisha, and when he sees him, his spirit quickens and tells him, that is my successor. So go throw your mantle over his shoulder. And when Elisha was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, 24 oxen, he wasn't by himself. There were servants there helping him. Elisha, folks, was not a poor boy looking for a ministry. He was a rich man looking to make more money. A lot of men there. Lots of men there. But the mantle found the spirit of Elisha. Elijah threw the mantle over Elisha's shoulder. And when he did, I believe Elisha felt something. Some of us have been in services and felt something come over us. You know what it is? That's the mantle of the Holy Ghost. God wants to touch you with His Spirit. It's a good thing to be touched by the Spirit of God. Can somebody who's felt it clap your hands and say amen to that? It's a good thing. Not a bad thing. So Elisha was touched. He looks up and Elijah's off going in the distance. He sees the mantle that has touched him. Then he looks at the farm. Mantle, farm. Farm, then Elisha did something powerful. He stepped out of the safe zone into the faith zone. Everybody will not do that. And I'm not, I'm not saying when God touches you, quit your job and just go off to Kansas. I'm just saying there comes a time when God says, I'm going to use you. I'm fixing to put my mantle of grace on, your, on you. I'm going to touch you with something powerful in your life. And I want you to walk with me and walk in my spirit. But God makes it available to folks that want it. People that are ready to vacate the comfortable for the unknown in miracle territory, God has a mantle for you. Elisha's mom runs after him, don't leave, son. Dad's saying, have plenty of money, son. Stay on the farm. This is all yours. But when you are touched by the mantle of the Holy Ghost, everything else becomes trivial after that. So the scripture says that he broke the plow, sacrificed the oxen, he burned the plow, 
and he, the oxen. It represented years of family values, and at least he could do was just put it in the barn and see that the thing was, see if this was real or not, and then come back to it. But he broke the plow. There was no plan B when God touched him. He catches the prophet, and Elijah really tries to discourage him. Go back, don't follow me. But the next 10 years, all he does is pour water on the hands of the man of God. Then Elijah one day said, what do you want? They never even talked about what they wanted for 10 years. Watch this. Watch this. He said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Now, now you got to get this. I don't want your miracles. I don't want your speaking ability. I don't need your charisma. I just want a double portion of your spirit. There is a man that lives in Lufkin, Texas, that used to live in Houston, Texas, that I admired for a long time, and I thought I would never be able to stand even in his presence. He was such a powerful man of God. And one day he came to a church that I was going to while I was in college. And God said, this is it. Now's the time. And I walked up to the front. He was laying hands. He was a, God used him in the miraculous. He'd lay hands on people and they would get healed. And I walked up to him and he said, what do you need healed from, son? I said, nothing, sir. I don't need a healing. He said, well, tell me what you want. He had a real gruff voice. Tell me what you want, son. Yes, sir. I said, sir, can, can you pray that I'll have a double portion of your spirit? And he said to me before we prayed, I saw you in service. I knew you was coming. He said, I've done this one other time. And God told me a long time ago I would anoint two men. And you're the second. And he wasn't Benny Hinn. But when he laid hands on me, I went down like somebody had shot me. I'll never preach like that man. Probably will not do the miracles that man did. But if God will give me, he's still alive today. He's 92 years old. And if God will give me 92 years of his mind, I'm going to tell people everywhere I go, that the only place to go up is down. The only way to get with God is submit yourself. The only way to serve the Lord is with the spirit of a servant. Because God's said spirits make men. And I clap my hands tonight for the man of God that prayed for me. So Elijah took Elisha to to Gilgal, means circle, to Bethel, house of God, to Jericho, a pleasant place, to Jordan, a place of separation. And Elisha said, I'll not leave you. I want a double portion. He followed Elijah, and Elijah delivered. He took that mantle and said, where is the God of Elijah? He smote the waters, the waters rolled back, then a fiery chariot came and separated the two men, and the old prophet goes to heaven. But as Elijah was waiting, the old leather garment comes floating out of the heavenlies, and Elisha folded it just like Elijah did, smoked the same waters, 
and they rolled back like they did for the prophet. The spirit of Elijah was upon Elisha. Can you imagine that river? My God, I just got hit by that, by that thing just a minute ago by another man. And now I'm getting hit again by the same jacket by another man. Man, where's all this power coming from? It's the power of a man that poured water on the hands of a man that said, I will give you a double portion of my spirit. I feel that this church is in a position for double portion ministry. And God is going to take this church to another level, not just with a new building. It's not just about the building. It's about the growth that we're going to see before that building is ever completed. Because when that building is completed, we're going to feel that thing three and four times on Sunday. God is not through. He's just getting started with Christian Life Church. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. So I close. Brother Randy, if you'll help me, I'm two minutes late, four minutes late. Please don't think I'm a storyteller. Everybody say spirits. spirits. Make men. David was a man after God's own heart. He really was. He really was. He cried, creating me a clean heart, renewing me a right spirit. Psalms 51. And God forgave David of his sin. And God used David. And David was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. A man who can control his spirit is greater than a man who conquers a city. And he that hath no rule over his own spirit like a city that's broken down and without walls. I, wanna, I just want to close tonight with just, with just this. The Bible said pride goes before destruction. A haughty spirit before a fall. Now, I think there's some, there's, some, there's some pride that's good pride. Let me explain. Me being a grandpa is good pride. I love my kids. I'm proud of my kids. You folks that have great kids, you're proud of those kids. That's the right kind of proud. But when we get exalted in our own way and think that we don't have need of God, even though we have served God, we'll just do this ourselves. That's a pride that God's got to get out of us. Pride's got a, a middle letter that messes with me. P-R-I-D-E. It's not about me, it's about him. And so tonight, I just, I just, I just, I just plead with you. I plead with you. I love this church. Y'all are awesome. Am I preaching to anybody? No, I'm just preaching. Just thought I'd preach this tonight because God said preach about it. So I did. And God said, don't go too long because you'll bore them. And I, so I said, okay. Something like that. Would you stand? You're incredible people. I love you.